0: section 12 of the book of a thousand nights and a night volume 6 this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the book of a thousand nights and a night volume 6 by anonymous translated by richard francis burton when it was the 567th night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when the caliph abd al-malik bin marwan sat conversing with his grandees concerning our lord solomon and these noted what allah had bestowed upon him of lordship and dominion quoth the commander of the faithful indeed he attained unto that whereto never attained other than he in that he was wont to imprison jinns and marids and satans and cucurbites of copper and stop them with lead and seal them with his ring then said talib bin sal who was a seeker after treasures and had books that discovered to him hoards and wealth hidden under the earth o commander of the faithful allah make thy dominion to endure and exalt thy dignity here and hereafter my father told me of my grandfather that once he took ship with the company intending for the island of sicilia or sicily and sailed until there arose against them a contrary wind which drove them from their course and brought them after a month to a great mountain in one of the lands of allah the most high but where the land was they wot not quoth my grandfather this was in the darkness of the night, and as soon as it was day there came forth to us from the caves of the mountain folk black of colour and naked of body, as they were wild beasts, understanding not one word of what was addressed to them, nor was there any of them who knew Arabic, save their king who was one of their kind. When he saw the ship, he came down to it with a company of his followers, and saluting us, bade us welcome, and questioned us of our case and our faith we told him all concerning ourselves and he said be of good cheer for no harm shall befall you and when we in turn asked them of their faith we found that each was of one of the many creeds prevailing before the preaching of al-islam and the mission of Mohammed, whom may allah bless and keep so my shipmates remarked we wot not what thou sayest then quoth the king no adam's son hath ever come to our land before you but fear not and rejoice in the assurance of safety and of return to your own country then he entertained us three days feeding us on the flesh of birds and wild beasts and fishes than which they had no other meat and on the fourth day he carried us down to the beach that we may divert ourselves by looking upon the fisher folk there we saw a man casting his net to catch fish and presently he pulled them up and behold in them was a cuckabite of copper stopped with lead and sealed with the signet of solomon son of david on whom be peace he brought the vessel to land and broke it open when there came forth a smoke which rose a twisting blue to the zenith and we heard a horrible voice saying i repent i repent pardon o prophet of allah i will never return to that which i did aforetime then the smoke became a terrible giant frightful of form whose head was level with the mountain tops and he vanished from our sight whilst our hearts were well-nigh torn out for terror but the blacks thought nothing of it then we returned to the king and questioned him of the matter whereupon quoth he know that this was one of the jinns whom solomon son of david being wroth with them shut up in these vessels and cast into the sea after stopping the mouths with melted lead our fishermen ofttimes in casting their nets bring up such bottles which being broken open there come forth of them jinns, who deeming that solomon is still alive and can pardon them make their submission to him and say i repent o prophet of allah the caliph marvelled at talib's story and said glory be to god verily to solomon was given a mighty dominion now al Nabiga al Zubiani was present and he said Talib have spoken soothly, as is proven by the saying of the All-Wise, the Primeval One. And Solomon, when Allah to him said, Rise, be thou caliph, rule with righteous sway, honour obedience for obeying thee, and who rebels and prison him for aye. Wherefore he used to put them in copper bottles and cast them into the sea. The poet's words seemed good to the caliph, and he said, by allah i long to look upon some of these solomonic vessels which must be a warning to whoso will be warned o commander of the faithful replied talib it is in thy power to do so without stirring abroad "'Send to thy brother Abd Alaziz bin Marwan, so he may write to Musa bin Nasir, governor of Maghrib, or Morocco, bidding him to take horse thence to the mountains whereof I spoke, and fetch thee therefrom as many of such cuckabites as thou hast a mind to, for those mountains adjoin the frontiers of his province.' The caliph approved his counsel, and said, thou hast spoken sooth o talib and i desire that touching this matter thou be my messenger to musa bin nasir wherefore thou shalt have the white flag and all thou hast a mind to of monies and honour and so forth and i will care for thy family during thine absence with love and gladness o commander of the faithful answered talib go with the blessing of allah and his aid quoth the caliph and bade write a letter to his brother abd al-aziz his viceroy in egypt and another to musa bin nasser his viceroy in northwestern africa bidding him go himself in quest of the solomonic bottles leaving his son to govern in his stead moreover he charged him to engage guides and to spare neither men nor money nor to be remiss in the matter as he would take no excuse then he sealed the two letters and committed them to talib bin Sal bidding him advance the royal ensigns before him and make his utmost speed and gave him treasure and horsemen and footmen to further him on his way and made provision for the wants of his household during his absence so talib set out and arrived in due course at cairo and shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the five hundred and sixty-eighth night She said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Talib bin Sal set out with his escort and crossed the desert country between Syria and Egypt, where the governor came out to meet him, and entreated him and his company with high honour, whilst they tarried with him. Then he gave them a guide to bring them to the Sa'id, or Upper Egypt, where the emir Musa had his abiding-place, and when the son of Nasir heard of Talib's coming, he went forth to meet him, and rejoiced in him. Talib gave him the caliph's letter and he took it reverently, and laying it on his head, cried, I hear, and I obey the prince of the faithful. Then he deemed it best to assemble his chief officers, and when all were present, he acquainted them with the contents of the caliph's letter, and sought counsel of them how he should act. O emir, answered they, if thou seekest one who shall guide thee to the place, summon the sheikh Abd al-Samad ibn Abd al-Kudus al-Samudi, For he is a man of varied knowledge, who hath travelled much, and knoweth by experience all the seas, and wastes, and words, and countries of the world, and the inhabitants, and wonders thereof. Wherefore send thou for him, and he will surely guide thee to thy desire. So Musa sent for him, and, behold, he was a very ancient man, shot in years, and broken down with lapse of days. The emir saluted him, and said, O sheikh Abd al-Samad, our lord, the commander of the faithful Abd Alamik bin Marwan, hath commanded me thus and thus. I have small knowledge of the land wherein is that which the caliph desireth, but it is told me that thou knowest it well, and the ways thither. Wilt thou, therefore, go with me, and help me to accomplish the caliph's need? So it please Allah the Most High, thy trouble and travail shall not go waste. Replied the sheikh, i hear and obey the bidding of the commander of the faithful but know o emir that road thither is long and difficult and the ways few how far is it asked Musa, and the sheik answered it is a journey of two years and some months going and the like returning and the way is full of hardships and terrors and things wondrous and marvellous that thou art a champion of the faith and our country is hard by that of the enemy and peradventure the nazarenes may come out upon us in thine absence wherefore it behoveth thee to leave one to rule thy government in thy stead it is well answered the emir and appointed his son harun governor during his absence requiring the troops to take the oath of fealty to him and bidding them obey him in all he should commend and they heard his words and promised obedience now this Harun was a man of great prowess, and a renowned warrior, and a doughty knight. And the Sheikh Abd al-Samad feigned to him that the place they sought was distant but 4 months' journey along the shores of the sea, with camping-places all along the way, adjoining one another, and grass and springs, adding, Allah will assuredly make the matter easy to us through thy blessing, O lieutenant of the commander of the faithful. Quoth the Emir Musa, Knowest thou if any of the kings hath trodden this land before us? and quoth the sheik, yes it belonged aforetime to darius the greek king of alexandria but he said to musa privately o emir take with thee a thousand camels laden with victual and a store of guglets the emir asked and what shall we do with these and the sheik answered on our ways the desert of khauran or cyrene the which is a vast wold four days journey long and lacketh water nor therein doth sound or voice ever sound nor is soul at any time to be seen moreover there bloweth the simoon and other hot winds called al which dry up the water-skins but if there be water in the guglets no harm can come to it right said musa and sending to alexandria let bring thence great plenty of guglets then he took with him his wazir and two thousand cavalry clad in mail cap-a-pie and set out without other to guide them but abd al-samad who forewent them riding on his hackney the party fared on diligently now passing through inhabited lands then ruins and anon traversing frightful wards and thirsty wastes and then mountains which spired high in air, nor did they leave journeying a whole year's space, till, one morning, when the day broke, after they had travelled all night, behold, the sheikh found himself in a land he knew not, and said, There is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great. Quoth the emir, What is to do, O sheikh? And he answered, saying, By the lord of Ka'aba, we have wandered from our road. How cometh that asked musa and abd al-Samad answered the stars were overclouded and I could not guide myself by them where on god's earth are we now asked the emir and the Sheikh answered i know not for i never set eyes on this land till this moment said musa guide us back to the place where we went astray but the other i know it no more then musa let us push on haply allah will guide us to it or direct us aright of his power so they fared on till the hour of noon prayer when they came to a fair champagne and wide and level and smooth as it were the sea when calm and presently there appeared to them on the horizon some great thing high and black in whose midst as it were smoke rising to the confines of the sky they made for this and stayed not in their course till they drew near thereto when lo it was a high castle firm of foundations and great and gruesome as it were a towering mountain builded all of black stone with frowning crinels and a door of gleaming china still that dazzled the eyes and dazed the wits round about it were a thousand steps and that which appeared afar off was as it were smoke rising was a central dome of lead and hundred cubits high when the emir saw this he marvelled thereat with exceeding marvel and how this place was void of inhabitants and the sheikh, after he had certified himself thereof said there is no god but Thee, god and Mohammed is the apostle of god quoth musa i hear thee praise the lord and hallow him and meseemeth thou rejoicest o emir answered abd al-samad rejoice for allah extolled and exalted be he hath delivered us from the frightful wards and thirsty wastes how knowest that said musa and the other i know it for that my father told me of my grandfather that he said we were once journeying in this land and straying from the road we came to this palace and thence to the city of brass between which and the place thou seekest is two full months travel but thou must take the seashore and leave it not for there be watering-places and wells and camping grounds established by King Zul Al Karnain ISKANDAR, who, when he went to the conquest of Mauritania, found by the way thirsty deserts and wastes and wilds, and dug therein water pits and built cisterns. Quoth Musa, Allah rejoice thee with good news. And quoth the sheikh, Come, let us go look upon yonder palace and its marvels, for it is an admonition to whose will be admonished so the emir went up to the palace with the sheikh and his officers and coming to the gate found it open now this gate was builded with lofty columns and porticoes whose walls and ceilings were inlaid with gold and silver and precious stones and there led up to it flights of steps among which were two wide stairs of coloured marble never was seen their like and over the doorway was a tablet whereon were graven letters of gold in the old ancient ionian character o oh, amir asked the sheik, shall i read and musa answered read and god bless thee for all that betideth us in this journey dependeth on thy blessing so the sheik, who was a very learned man and versed in all tongues and characters went up to the tablet and read whatso was thereon and it was versed like this the signs that here their mighty works portray warn us that all must tread the self-same way o thou who standest in this stead to hear tidings of folk whose power hath passed for aye enter this palace gate and ask the news of greatness fallen into dust and clay death has destroyed them and dispersed their might and in the dust they lost their rich display as had they only set their burdens down to rest awhile and then had rode away when the emir Musa heard these couplets, he wept till he lost his senses, and said, There is no god but the God, the living, the eternal, who ceaseth not. Then he entered the palace, and was confounded at its beauty and the goodliness of its construction. He diverted himself a while, by viewing the pictures and images therein, till he came to another door, over which also were written verses, and said to the sheikh, Come read me these. So he advanced and read as follows. Under these domes, how many a company halted of old and fared without and stay, see thou what might displays on other wights time with his shifts which could such lord's way lay they shared together what they gathered and left their joys and fared to death decay. What joys they joyed, what food they ate, and now in dust, they're eaten for the worm a prey. At this the emir Musa wept bitter tears, and the world waxed yellow before his eyes, and he said, Verily we were created for a mighty matter. Then they proceeded to explore the palace, and found it desert and void of living thing, its courts desolate and dwelling-places laid waste. In the midst stood a lofty pavilion, with a dome rising high in air, and about it were four hundred tombs builded of yellow marble the emir drew near unto these and behold amongst them was a great tomb wide and long and at its head stood a tablet of white marble whereon were graven these couplets how oft have i fought and how many have slain how much have i witnessed of blessing and bane how much have i eaten how much have i drunk how oft have i hearkened to singing girls' strain how much have i bidden how oft have forbid how many a castle and castellane I have sieged, and have searched, and the cloistered maids in the depths of its walls for my captives were tain. But of ignorance sinned I to win me the meads, which one proved not, and brought nothing of gain. Then reckon thy reckoning, O man, and be wise, ere the goblet of death and doom thou shalt drain. For yet but a little the dust on thy head they shall strew, and thy life shall go down to the dead and the emir and his companions wept then drawing near unto the pavilion they saw that it had eight doors of sandal-wood studded with nails of gold and stars of silver and inlaid with all manner precious stones on the first door were written these verses what i left i left it not for the nobility of soul but through sentence and decree that to every man are dight what while i lived happy with temper hot and high my hoarding place defending like a lion in the fight i took no rest and greed of gain forbade me give a grain of mustard seed to save from the fires of hell my sprite until stricken on a day as with arrow by decree of the maker the fashioner the lord of might and right when my death was appointed my life i could not keep by the many of my stratagems my cunning and my slight my troops i had collected availed me not and none of my friends and my neighbours had power to mend my plight through my life i was weaned in journeying to death in stress or in solace in joyance or despite so when money-bags are bloated and dinar unto dinar thou addest all may leave thee with fleeting of the night and the driver of a camel and the digger of a grave are what thine heirs shall bring ere the morning dawneth bright. And on judgment day alone shalt thou stand before thy lord, overladen with thy sins and thy crimes and shine affright. Let the world not seduce thee with lurings, but behold, what measure to thy family and neighbours it hath doled. When Musa heard these verses he wept with such weeping that he swooned away, Then, coming to himself, he entered the pavilion, and saw therein a long tomb, awesome to look upon, whereon was a tablet of china steel, and Sheikh Abd al-Samad drew near it, and read this inscription, In the name of everlasting Allah, the never beginning, the never ending, in the name of Allah, who begetteth not, nor is he begot, and unto whom the like is not, in the name of Allah, the Lord of majesty and might, in the name of the living one, who to death is never dight. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and sixty-ninth night, she said, "It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sheikh Abd Al Samad, having read the aforesaid, also found the following." o thou who comest to this place take warning by that which thou seest of the accidents of time and the vicissitudes of fortune and be not deluded by the world and its pomp and vanities and fallacies and falsehoods and vain allurements for that it is flattering deceitful and treacherous and the things thereof are but a loan to us which it will borrow back from all borrowers It is like unto the dreams of the dreamer, and the sleep visions of the sleeper, or as the mirage of the desert, which the thirsty take for water, and Satan maketh it fair for men, even unto death. These are the ways of the world. Wherefore put not thou thy trust therein, neither incline thereto, for it betrayeth him who leaneth upon it, and who committeth himself thereunto in his affairs fall not thou into its snares neither take hold upon its skirts but be warned by my example i possessed four thousand bay horses and a haughty palace and i had to wife a thousand daughters of kings high bosomed maids as they were moons i was blessed with a thousand sons as they were fierce lions and i abode a thousand years glad of heart and mind and I amassed treasures beyond the competence of all the kings of the regions of the earth, deeming that delight would still endure to me. But there fell on me, unawares, the destroyer of delights, and the sunderer of societies, and the desolator of domiciles, and the spoiler of inhabited spots, the murderer of great and small, babes and children and mothers, he who hath no ruth on the poor for his poverty, or feareth the king for all his bidding or forbidding, verily we abode safe and secure in this palace till there descended upon us the judgment of the lord of the three worlds lord of the heavens and lord of the earths the vengeance of the manifest truth overtook us when there died of us every day too till a great company of us had perished when i saw that destruction had entered our dwellings and had homed with us and in the sea of deaths had drowned us I summoned a writer, and bade him indite these verses in instances and admonitions, the which I let grave with rule and compass, on these doors and tablets and tombs. Now I had an army of a thousand thousand bridles, men of warrior mien, with forearms strong and keen, armed with spears and mail-cloats sheen, and swords that gleam. So I bade them don their long-hanging halbrooks and gird on their biting blades, and mount their high-mettled steeds, and level their dreadful lances, and whenas there fell on us the doom of the Lord of heaven and earth, I said to them, Ho! all ye soldiers and troopers, can ye avail to ward off that which is fallen on me from the omnipotent King? But the troopers and soldiers availed not unto this, and said, How shall we battle with him, to whom no chamberlain barreth access, the Lord of the door, which hath no doorkeeper? Then quoth I to them, Bring me my treasures. Now I had in my treasuries a thousand cisterns, in each of which were a thousand quintals of red gold and the like of white silver, besides pearls and jewels of all kinds, and other things of price, beyond the attainment of the kings of the earth. So they did that, and when they had laid all the treasure in my presence, I said to them, Can ye ransom me with all this treasure, or buy me one day of life therewith? But they could not so they resigned themselves to foreordained fate and fortune and i submitted to the judgment of allah enduring patiently that which he decreed unto me of affliction till he took my soul and made me to dwell in my grave and if thou ask of my name i am Kush, the son of shadad son of ad the greater and upon the tablets were engraved these lines and thou wouldst know my name whose day is done with shifts of time and chances neath the sun no, I am Shadad's son, who ruled mankind, and o'er all earth upheld dominion. All stubborn peoples abject were to me, and sham to Cairo, and to adnanwan one. I reigned in glory, conquering many kings, and people feared my mischief every one. Yea, tribes and armies in my hand I saw, the world all dreaded me, both friends and foe. When I took horse, I viewed my numbered troops, bridles on neighing steeds a million, AND I HAD WEALTH THAT NONE COULD TELL OR COUNT AGAINST MISFORTUNE, TREASURING ALL I WON. FAIN HAD I BOUGHT MY LIFE WITH ALL MY WEALTH, AND FOR A MOMENT SPACE MY DEATH TO SHUN. BUT GOD WOULD NOT SAVE WHAT HIS PURPOSE WILLED, SO FROM MY BRETHREN CUT I BOWED ALONE. AND DEATH THAT SUNDERS MAN EXCHANGED MY LOT TO PAUPER HUT FROM grandier's MANSION, WHEN FOUND I ALL MINE ACTIONS GONE AND past wherefore i'm pledged and by my sin undone then fear o man who by a brink dost range the turns of fortune and the chance of change the emir musa was hurt to his heart and loathed his life for what he saw of the slaughtering places of the folk and as they went about the highways and byways of the palace viewing its sitting chambers and pleasances behold they came upon a table of yellow onyx upborne on four feet of juniper wood and thereon these words graven at this table have eaten a thousand kings blind of the right eye and a thousand blind of the left and yet other thousand sound of both eyes all of whom have departed the world and have taken up their sojourn in the tombs and the catacombs all this the emir wrote down and left the palace carrying off with him naught save the table aforesaid then he fared on with his host three days' space, under the guidance of the Sheikh Abd al-Samad, till they came to a high hill, whereon stood a horseman of brass. In his hand he held a lance with a broad head, in brightness like blinding leaven, whereon was graven. O thou that comest unto me, if thou know not the way to the city of brass, rub the hand of this rider, and he will turn round and presently stop then taketh the direction whereto he faceth and fare fearless for it will bring thee without hardship to the city aforesaid and shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day and ceased to say her permitted say end of section 12